Welcome back to the Unrest Podcast. I'm Caitlin Stancil. And I'm Madeline Green. We hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, please go and do that so you never get behind on all of the spooky stories that we share with you guys. And for this week's real life haunt, we talk to Eddie, who says his spiritual happenings started with a dream. I'm Eddie Roberts, and I just recently, of course, finished my uh, first book, A Haunted Life, out on Amazon, and it does detail um, a lot of paranormal experiences that I've had, and so that's where the idea was born from, and that's how it started. Yeah. As far as the book, as far as the paranormal stuff, really started, uh, oddly enough, it, it seems a little disjointed at first. It, it's only when you step back and look at the big picture that you see how everything ties in, and it's really bizarre. So when I was four, I started having these dreams, really vivid. I would I would wake up in the dream. I would be in a backyard, and I can tell you, I remember where everything was in the backyard, how it was laid out, you know, little brick brick house, you know, sort of thing, garage, like a separate garage to the side. There was um, other kids in the backyard. Most of them were a little bit older or a bit older than me in the dream. Only like one or two were around the same age. And there was one kid that was, I'm going to say like 10 or 11 in the dream. He was a big kid for a four-year-old, you know. And he's the one that pulled me aside like when I first started having the dreams to, to lay out the ground rules about what we did here. You know, like, I mean, it was almost like Freddy Krueger nightmarish because, you know, there were rules about we don't touch this, we don't do this, we don't go here. We don't go to the house. We don't knock on the door. We don't look in the house. There's a monster in there. You never go in there, you know, and that was that was the rules. And we would just stay in the backyard every dream. And I had them repeatedly to like I was probably around 10, maybe even 11. And then they just went away. And I never really I never gave it any more thought until uh, I was 16. And I was out with a buddy one night. We're out messing around and we're going down this street. And I, I guess I saw it out of the corner of my eye, but it, I, I can't really explain it. But it stopped me cold. And my heart started beating fast. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I turned around and looked and it was the house. And I'd never really, I'd never seen this house before. I'd never actually been there before. But I, I found the house. Wow. And I was blown away, just shot to the core. We go back to his house and me, him and his brother are talking about it. You know, like all the dreams that I had just all of a sudden came back. It was like a, a rush, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. And I, you know, I explained what was where in the dream. And his brother, one of my other good buddies, he was like, ah, no, there's no way. There's no way. So we got to go back. We eventually went back. We braved going through the driveway up to the backyard because it was when you would approach the house. You, you got a really heavy feeling. It was, it was a little bit of fear, a lot of trepidation, some anxiety. Like, you just felt like you didn't belong there. And I thought it was just me, but they felt the same thing. And I thought, well, maybe it's because I feel it and what I'm saying, but it really wasn't the case. Other people that went there that we really didn't say anything about felt the same heaviness. And that was like a later experiment. But 
yeah, we go there and we get to the backyard and everything was exactly as I said it would be from the dreams. As far as like what was where and how, it, it was it was beyond bizarre. And it was a vacant house. Nobody had lived in this house for, I think, almost eight or nine years at this time. Did you ever do any research or look into why you may have been dreaming about this particular house? This was pre-internet days, obviously. This was back in the day. And trying to do any research, of course, was, you know, fun. It wasn't as easy as it is now. Of course, now finding older records can be difficult. Uh, but we did have a friend whose mom was in real estate. And we asked her to look into it. And she was curious. And we were just like, ah, you know, one of our, you know, buddy's mom mentioned the house. And so we were just curious about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So her mom came up and did some uh, looking into it. And what she was able to, to find for us was that the house had been vacant for eight or nine years and just been sitting there on the market. They kept It kept switching real estate companies because it just wasn't moving. And the previous owners had only lived there about 18 months when they sold it. And before that, it had been vacant two or three years. Previous owners had only been there about a year when they sold it. And it, that was kind of the history of the house. Going all the way back to, I think, the 50s was around the time I believe it was built. A, a lot of things seemed to tie back into the house. Um, another conversation I'd recently had was that we did something that maybe we shouldn't have concerning the house. And the question was asked to me, do you think a lot of what followed stemmed from what y'all did? And it kind of blew me away. Like, I had, it's really weird. Even when I wrote the book, it was, I've had all these experiences, and yet each time I had one, it was like I just didn't really recall all the previous ones. So I, I didn't never tie. I, I didn't never. I never tied everything together to make it look, you know, coherent to put a to put a a whole picture together. I just it was really weird. It was always like disjointed. Like this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and then I'd tell these stories, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I remember, man. We went to this place and we did this." And people are like, oh, wow, that's crazy, you know? Yeah, that's one crazy story. But when you look at the totality of it, it's it's really beyond bizarre. And it, it, a lot of it seems to tie back into, I think, a lot of it to do with this house. Honestly, we went in, and I don't think we should have. Um, a really good friend that at the time, he, uh, he was a very staunch anti-paranormal type guy and none of us were really the paranormal was one of those things that you kind of joked about back in the day. just kind of laughed it off you know nobody really there wasn't any youtube you know there wasn't any um, ghost hunters you know none of that really existed back then i mean yeah you heard stories you know like the warrens as far as you know sort of that sort of thing but that was for like you know big movie pictures amityville horror type things you know not the sort of other things that a lot more people are experiencing and documenting and showing. And of course, yeah, there's a lot of things going on now too because it's, it's a money market, but it just wasn't as widely accepted or even thought of back then. And he was very staunch. He was, there's no way, there's no such thing as, you know, supernatural. There's none of this, none of that. And he kept having the same feelings when we'd go through the house. And then a, a group of us had went and, the, the plan, as far as I had known, was originally just to just go back like we would often do. And, you know, we'd get ourselves scared being there and then we'd all leave. And, you know, 
if anything happened, we talked about it, and that would kind of be the end of it for a while. That was kind of a routine. Well, some of them had gotten together and decided that they were going to go in. And we showed up, and they distracted me, and they broke the window and hopped right in and opened the door. And, I mean, oh, I was filled with so much dread. I was like, we should not have done that. Did anything happen when you guys were in the house? Or it was just sort of this overhanging, dark feeling? Well, I don't, I don't want to give too much away. It, it's a kind of a big deal in the book, obviously. But, yes, ma'am. Uh, definitely, like, nothing major happened while we were there. It's what happened after as a result of that beyond bizarre. Um, so some of us have started having dreams, the same dreams, but from each of our own perspectives concerning the house. And it just, how do you explain that? How do you get together and like, well, what's wrong with you? It's like, well, I, I didn't have a good night. I didn't sleep good. Well, why? I had these bad dreams. And you're thinking, yeah, me too. And then you talk to three or four other friends, and they all have the same dream. I, I mean, it's, it's irrational to think that that can't be something else tying it all together. Because who would, who would have the same sort of creepy dreams together like that? So, okay, one, one ties into, I used to live out um, the north side of town, way outside of town in the country and some people had moved out to the property and that my uh, parents had, you know they it was family of theirs they knew them but it just something seemed off with them and sure enough there was weird things that happened and the guy he he would say you know what well, he's a diehard christian and stuff and okay but his principles were really way off he, he would say the strangest things about what God says you can and can't do and what you're allowed to do and not do and how it's perfectly okay to, you know, beat people and make people be underneath you. And I mean, just really off the wall, bizarre things like, well, that's not very Christian at all, but he was really like adamant about these things. And basically we just kind of started ignoring it one night and I was about 16 at the time. And I got sent to the back part of the property where, uh, an aunt and uncle live like, and we're talking acreage, you know, not just a little lot or something. This is this is a lot of acres of land, and they wanted me to go to where my aunt and uncle lived on the very back side of the property, and they we needed something for dinner, like tomato sauce or spaghetti sauce or whatever it was, and they sent me out there, and you know, I'm just like whatever, okay, who to do, you know, and it's a country, so it's obviously it is dark. And yeah, you have the stars and the moon, but there's no ambient light. So I'm just walking along, and then I just get, the, the horses were acting weird. We had horses and stuff, and they were acting weird. And I was, you know, okay, whatever, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's coyotes out or, you know, bobcats and sort of things that happen. And all of a sudden, I just, I feel like there's something about to get me. And I'm just looking around like, well, what could it be? And the, it, the feeling became so strong that I, I was, I was just overwhelmed. Like, what do you do? And, I mean, it's fight or flight, but I can't see anything. But I feel like there's just something incredible, something massive just fixing to bear down on me. And so I take off. <laughs> well, let's go. And I took off running. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm let's look at it like a box. Let's look at the property as a box. And I'm at the front end on the right side trying to go to the back end. But all of a sudden, 
I'm on the far left side of the property. And I was like, just freaking out. How did I even get over here? It didn't make any sense. You know, we have a road that connected between the two houses there. But over here, it's just brush and wild country. And uh, okay, I start walking. And all of a sudden, it's hard to see. And I'm like, okay, there's something really terribly wrong here. And I didn't know what else to do. So I was like, I'm just going to yell for help because I don't know what else to do. And I tried to start yelling and my voice, I have no voice. You can feel it in my throat, but there's no sound coming out. And all of a sudden, all I can see is like immediately the area like around my feet, like a three foot bubble. That's all I can see. I can't see anything else. I can't hear anything and I can't, I can't make any noise. And I'm trying to yell and it's like it's trapped. I can't get it out. And I'm really freaking out. It's like, okay, there's something way beyond my understanding going on here. This is the most bizarre thing to ever happen to me. Because I kept thinking, if I get to the road, the little road between the properties, if I get there, I'll be okay because I know where to go from there. Like, it's easy. It's, you know, one way or the other. I can get somewhere from there. But I have to get over there. So I'm trying to feel my way through. And then I get that feeling like I'm being hunted. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? So I start trying to take off. And there's mesquite, cactus, and all kinds of stuff out here. Like I said, this is rough. I'm getting scratched. I'm tripping. I'm falling. I am losing my mind. Like, I kind of knew which direction to go in, and I was just trying to stay that way. And it was really hard, because, like, every time I fall, it's like, am I still going the right way? And I just kept trying, kept trying. I'm trying to move, and I trip. And uh, I, I don't even know what I tripped over. But when I hit, I landed on a, a big piece of white plastic. And I didn't really know what it was, but I fell through it. When I fell through it, I landed in a hole about five feet down. And it was like rectangular shape, you know, like grave type implications here. Oh, wow. And I oh, thought, wow. oh, my gosh, no way. I am not fixing to die tonight. I don't even know what's going on, but no way in hell is this happening. I scrambled for everything I was worth to get up and out of it. And I'm still trying to yell. I'm still hoping that I can yell and break through. And somebody can at least come outside and see what's going on. That I'm not just going crazy. This isn't some weird mental breakdown or something. I end up scrambling out of the hole. I do finally get out. And I'm just pretty much on, on hands and knees. And I'm just hauling butt as fast as I can. And I hit the road. And I, when I hit the road, I can see again. Okay. I still have no voice, but I can see it. And I'm like, okay, I, I figure out where I'm at. My aunt and uncle's house, I was closer to their house now than I was. And I thought, I, just, I have to get there. That's all I can think of. I just have to get there. And again, it, then it's almost like I heard something. I heard something behind it. And I just knew that whatever this was, was like the biggest, most evil, demonic monstrosity that you could just ever imagine. I just, I could feel it. Feel it through my bones that this is what this was. And I ran for everything I was worth. I mean, I jumped their fence. I didn't even know if the gate. I just hopped right over, hit the porch, and I'm pounding on the door. And then it gets even more bizarre. Because as soon as I started pounding on the door, all memory of like the last, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, however long, it was gone. I had no recollection of it at all. My aunt opened the door, let me in. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm like, no. I was like, hey, I'm here to get some like tomato sauce or whatever and she was like well let me look and i'm like sure and she's like why are y'all sweaty and breathing heavy and i was like mm, i don't know it did i don't know nothing seemed abnormal or wrong i went back talked to my cousin we had you know a few minutes you know messing around talking 
Um, she didn't have anything, so I was like, okay, cool. Guess I'll go home. And, you know, I walk out the door, and as soon as I get to the gate at their yard, all of it came like that. And I was like, what just happened? I was like, what is going on? I just, I can't figure it out. I'm debating, like, do I want to try to go home, or do I just go back? And if I go back, I'm not going to leave, obviously, because whatever this is, I'm ill-equipped to handle this. And I was like, how crazy are they going to think I am if I go back? And I'm pounding on the door again. Hey, there's a, a demonic monster chasing me, you know? Who would really buy into that? And so I didn't know what to do. And I took one step out just to see, like, am I crazy or is this real? And it was almost like I could feel it lurking, just waiting, like, like, come on down the road. I dare you, come on. <clears throat> and I, I I was just like, what do I do? And then I kind of had like a little bit of flash of, uh, I guess, inspiration in a way, a little bit of brilliance, you know, something. So I went old school biblical. I dropped to my knees and I just started praying. Right there in the dirt, in the road, in the middle of the country, I just dropped to my knees and started praying. As hard and as fast as I've ever prayed in my life. I was like, I don't know what this is, Lord, but I need help. I need protection, you know. And I was just going. My prayer was answered. <laughs> I felt something surround me. And in a way, and I, I can't explain how, but it was like there were two angels that were sitting right there. Big, big angels, like I mean, like 12, 15 foot tall is kind of how the impression, huge, big giant wings, and they just surrounded me. And I stood up, and I was like, is this real? And way off of the distance was the highway, and there was a car coming, and there was a curve in the highway. And when the car hit that curve, the headlights, you know, kind of would shine, you know, ish. It was really distant, but, but I saw the headlights go in around me. As if I was, you know, like like off of a windshield, like it around me, just like it didn't go through. I could see it reflecting off around me, and I just I felt invincible. I knew if somebody dropped a nuclear bomb right there, I would be just fine. Nothing in the world could touch me right now. I was the most impervious thing in the world. I was completely free of everything. And I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And I kind of got cocky, but then it was kind of like I had a, it wasn't really a voice. It was more like a, a thought or a suggestion that this is a gift. This isn't something for you to to have and to hold and to take advantage of. This was given to you in your time of need. Use it and appreciate it for what it is. And I felt, oh, my gosh, I felt so humble. Because now I'm like, well, man, I'm not even sure I'm worthy of this. But, yeah, I need it. And I Oh my gosh. And I walked all the way back to the house. I walked in. As soon as I walked in, it was like the protection went through, but I was home. I was safe. And when I walked in, I mean, my uh, stepmom saw me and she called me over. She goes, What is wrong with you? What happened? I was like, What do you mean? She goes, You're white as a ghost. And I was like, Well, something happened, but I don't really know how to explain it. And her and my dad sat me down and I told him what happened. And ironically enough, my younger sister had been doing dishes staring out the window. She said she didn't like what was outside because it made her feel creepy. And they were like, what do you mean? Now, this is while I was gone. She said it made it, it you know, and she was 12-ish, I think, at the time. And she said it feels like Indians are out there with their arrows and they're aiming at me and they're just hiding in the dark. And so we all kind of spent the night in one room together. <laughs> 
everybody was just uncomfortable, on edge, and nothing felt right. Well, the next morning, my dad got me up, and he said, well, let's go have a look around. And now here is why I was like, this is sink or swim, because now we're going to see, is there any evidence that any of this happened? Is this all going to be considered some mild, fanciful, looney tunes thing that I thought up? Or no, sure enough, man, pieces of my shirt um, were on mesquite bushes out in the property. Like, where nobody would go at night, you know? Nobody would just take off walking that way. There was no reason. All you're going to hit is the barbed wire fence. You keep going. I mean, there was, you know, and we, we found pieces. You could see where I had been. You could see the tracks. You could see places where I had crawled. And then we found the white plastic. And it was actually like um, what would be like a big giant skylight sort of cover. But it was just old. And the people that were living in the middle of the property, the weird ones, had set it out there somewhere for whatever reason, and that is what I'd fallen in. Now, there was no hole underneath it, but the plastic was there, and you could clearly see that I had fallen through it. It was very bizarre. So when people are like, you know, do you believe in, you know, God and, and the devil and everything? Oh, yeah. Very much so. Wow. So these stories are some of the ones you share in your book. Yes, ma'am. I guess what's your pitch to our listeners out there about why they should get themselves a copy? Well, it's a, it's just a perspective of a bunch of haunted things. And like I said, in a way, you can see how everything sort of ties back in. It all ties into a, a singular thing. Maybe not all of it, but at least the vast majority of it. And don't be afraid to, to learn about these things. Don't be hesitant to talk about these things, I guess, is the, really the biggest thing. And so I'm sharing my story, you know. If people want to believe it, then that's awesome because it is true. If they don't want to believe it, then great, read it, enjoy it, and go on. No big deal. No harm, no foul. But it's, I think when you have an experience like these, it is something that needs to be shared because because it's, it's important to just, you know, to tell the story. And sometimes, like in my case, I think to find the source. And, you know, Talking about it as I have been lately and writing the book, I've become a little more aware of looking at different perspectives of how all this ties in. And even to this day, there are things that are still happening. You know, um, not too long ago, we were having some problems, like a lot of crazy sounds and, and things moving, doors slamming, shadow figures, which those absolutely freak me out more than anything in the world. I I can't. I just give me creeps. And so... When you see one, it's just, it's, I, when you really see one, I, I can't even, it's just this dark mass, and it's like clearly outlined as a humanoid figure, and it's just standing there in the dark staring at you, and I mean, I, I don't sense anything good at all coming from those things. I don't know what it is. We burned sage, we, we, we did the prayers, and it seemed to... And we thought it got rid of it. And, you know, little things are starting to come back and build back up. I think we knocked it back, but we didn't get rid of it. And so so I think that it's important to look at what, what may be an identifying source for things that may be happening to a person, to a house, to an area. Um, there's another story about where I lived in a place and there were weird hauntings. And then it wasn't because of what I'd been through before. This one was unique to certain items that were found in the house. We'll say that. And once they were removed, 
it stopped. It was all gone. I just think that there's a lot of underlying issues with a lot of the paranormal that happens. I can't explain all of it. Heck, I probably can't explain half of what happens. But I think to some degree that there are things that do tie things together. Maybe something you did, somewhere you went, just different things that can, if you look back and try to tie it together, then maybe you'll see a bigger picture You know, I I really like what he said about how looking back, it's like all of these experiences he had sort of seemed connected from that perspective. Whereas when they were happening initially, you know, he mentioned they felt more random. And, And I feel like that's a really interesting way to look at it and sort of analyze maybe if you're having paranormal experiences, look back, try to connect the dots, see if they're connected to something that happened that you might not have considered originally for causing those sort of things. Right. Cause it could be that in the end, you know, all of your experiences are somehow connected and maybe trying to tell you or give you a bigger picture. And that's definitely an interesting way to put it. I've never really thought about it that way. And I also like what he said about you know, talking about your stories and sharing your stories. And I think that that can also be a way to get better perspective of, you know, what, what might've been happening to you if you're experiencing something paranormal, because sometimes someone from the outside, looking at it from a different perspective can sort of see those uh, dots much more clearly than we can when we're sort of in the thick of it, you know? Thank you, Eddie, for sharing with us. We appreciate it. And if you have a story, we would love to hear from you guys. You can email us at the unrest podcast at gmail.com. Or you can like our Facebook page or join our Facebook group. We like to share a lot of unique extra content there. And we're on TikTok. Join us. Until next time. Unrest in peace.